Welcome to War Games. We will get you ready for your next sales opportunity. Are you looking to win the sales battle? You have joined the right team. Here on the War Games Group, we take the strategies and mindsets from the most successful salespeople and share it with you. With our help, you won't have to fail your way to the top. When it comes to crossing the minefield of sales, step in the footprints of those that crossed before you. Prepare yourself for boot camp and beyond. It's time for War Games to begin. Shall we play a game? Welcome, War Gamers. It's me, Joe. So I wanted to uh, welcome today to a guy named Brent Keltner. Brent is the president of Winalytics. Right there alone, you should all stop and listen because what an awesome name that is for a company. Okay. And you can find him out on winalytics.com. You'll see it scrolling on the screen later once I bring him up. Um, but he is also the author of the Revenue Acceleration Playbook. So he helps clients shift from the product driven selling to a value driven go to market strategy. So right now, I'm going to tell you a PhD social scientist at Stanford, we're bringing in the brains for this one. So you understand this guy's got everything figured out and you're going to love it as it goes through. But he's a revenue leader with uh, over 10 years of helping large companies as well as the early stage companies. So he's going to be, he knows how to help at every level that we have. So I want you guys to uh, welcome him. I'm going to bring some VIPs up. I'm going to bring cargo. Cargo Margo is in the house. Okay. And I'm going to bring Brent up on the screen. Brent. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. Be with you, Joe. <laughs> thank you so much. Margo. Margo. I'm sorry. Cargo yeah. Margo. She's Cargo Margo. It rhymes. So it's easy to remember. So I'm going to go ahead and switch spots with you, Brent, because I want to yep. give you the full screen because they've all heard me and we're all looking to go say Winalytics. What I, again, I get. So it's the winning analytics is what I'm going for with it. But I think that's phenomenal. Well, I, got, I got to say at the outset, I was kind of a PhD flunky, but I had just enough brain power to be good at sales and revenue leadership. So that's what I did. <laughs> um, I, I want to start today. Uh, Joe set up really nicely. Uh, our work is all about shifting from selling around your product to selling around what your buyers and your customers care about the most. And what we have proven again and again and again is you just shift the conversation. It's not about you. It's not about your products. It's not about your successes. It's not about taking control of sale. It's about your buyer, your buyer's why. Why do they show up to talk to you? What are they hoping to get out of the conversation? How can you make them more successful? If they were to work with you in 90 days and six months and a year, how would they be more successful? The more you can anchor on your buyers and making your buyers more successful, the more you will sell faster. You will go faster at every phase of your buyer and customer journey. You'll not only sell more, you'll expand faster. And I always like to start with a story um, that, that starts with this simple question. What else are you working on? And I tell the story of Samir Hussani, who just that simple question literally changed the arc of his life and career success. 
so he he was Samir was the immigrant son of Egyptian parents. He wanted to do well financially. He had a a wife, two kids, and his aging parents. And so he studied engineering, went to an industrial automation company, went into account management because he heard he could make more money. Well, he, he did okay, but not great. And then one day I just said to him, hey, Samir, why don't you just change your conversations a little bit? Why don't you make them a little bit more authentic? And so he went to a follow-up a visit. It was about a valve a pump that fed this factory cooling system. And he was talking to the plant manager. And normally he would have showed up and he would have talked about that pump. And then he would have talked about all his other pumps and all his valves and all his filters and all his control systems. Because his manager always said, don't miss a product opportunity. And this time he simply stopped and said, what else are you working on? And what else could we work on together that would make you more successful, Mr. Plant Manager? They are cargo margo. They are mostly men still, very small percentage of women in industrial automation. What else could we work on? And that plant manager was so excited to have somebody to talk about it, the range of business problems. So that pump connected to three business goals that he was being held accountable for. How often did the lines go down? How often was there an unplanned failure? What was his total production throughput? What, what was the predictive maintenance plan? He started to talk about Samir as his success partner. He was so excited about the conversation that not only he spent 40 minutes talking about it, he sent Samir a follow-up email before Samir even got back to his office. And in that email, it was clear that not only did he thought that this 20K pop opportunity could be a 200K opportunity, but that there was a lot more business behind that. And Samir, you know, he saw that and then he just started asking more questions. He'd go in and he, it might be about a specific product, but he'd say, you know, what else are you working on? And around that goal, around maintenance or around production reliability, what have you tried? What's worked? What hasn't worked? If you, we were able to solve that problem together, what would make you more successful. And suddenly, you know, five-figure deals routinely started to turn into six-figure deals for Samir. And he was a lot more financially successful. And the funny thing is, I, I asked him one day, why did it take four years to just change to that simple question? And he said, because I didn't know I could. All of my training was about <laughs> my product. Oh, yeah, right there. <laughs> right. Mastering the controlling the sale, mastering my product pitch. Every time we reviewed a deal, it was who's in the call, how much is it worth? That's what my peers reinforced. I didn't know I could. And you guys are all probably thinking, and I want to spend time today. Okay, tell me more about this authentic conversation. It sounds really good. And it is. Right. Before we go to an authentic conversation, I want to think just a little bit together. And you're going to have to show your own hands. I can't see you, but just think together. Let's think a little bit together about that traditional product driven model that's been beat into our head for a decade. You all probably know Challenger, right? Yes. The Challenger sale. Yep. Teach, tailor, 
take control. Who's the hero in that story? Who's the hero? Who's the hero in Challenger? Yeah, who's the hero? Teach Taylor take control. Who's the hero? Yeah, me. Yeah, salesperson. It's not about yep. the buyer. Me, I'm the sales guy. Yes, it's not about their <laughs> why. It's about you being no. the hero up on stage, right? And the buyer is just sitting there adoring you. As he How should. many have you right. have been trained in? You know, finding your buyer's pain chain or dragging your buyer yes. through their pain. Thank God. Well, we'll do that. Yeah. Pain, yeah. pain is a great motivator. But I mean, think to yourself like, other than your therapist, who do you want to sit with <laughs> for 15, 30, 60 minutes and just be dragged through your pain and left there? Right. Are you exactly. going to want to go back for more? So pain is great, but you got to connect that pain to something that you can solve that points them towards a more successful future. And, and how many of you still talk about your product pitch or your pitch deck in your teams? No. So um, I was going to say, I don't, I don't talk about the, I try not to get to the, an actual product presentation because if there's no value to get to the point of a product presentation, you're just talking at somebody instead of discussing with them. But yeah, it needs to be a solution, right? Bingo. And this is what Samir learned is we're all told that we need to teach Taylor, take control, master our product. It's, that's going to make us what makes us more successful. And what Samir learned is no, is running authentic conversations that moved in three parts. Always started with the buyer or customers. Why? why? Why are they talking to you? Because if you don't know that, then you're feature dumping. As Cargo Margo put up, your feature or product dumping, it's not a personalized discussion at all. It's just your talk track around your product. Right. Always start with your buyer. Why? Always personalize your product presentation in the middle. It should speak to exactly what they care about and only share the elements of the product that they care about and bonus points are, and then share a peer story. Because honestly, when you share a story about somebody like them and how the product worked for them, they're gonna sit up straight much more than hearing your talk tracks or your sell sheet. So always start with a buyer why, always buyer personalization around the product. And then the third thing is, and we'll, we'll in the back half of this, we'll talk about how, what change for Samir is, Always think about the last 10 minutes of your meeting. What are you asking your buyer or customer to do? Because we we all, I mean, to re, if, they, if we've helped them to see a more successful future, we get to something they care about, we've shown how our product can solve it. What matters more? The things we do next or the things they do next? Hey, I'm going to worry about what they do next. Yeah, yeah. 10 times more important. We all know it, right? I mean, we love, We how many of you been on a call recently where you demo, demo, demoed product, product, product up until 60 minutes and, and then, hey, great call. I'll follow up with you in two weeks. Yeah, you get a card. <laughs> get a card. Got a card. <laughs> no, no, right? So no, just stop. And hey, where are you seeing the most value relative to those goals we talked about? And what actions are you going to take? next. So Samir learned that an authentic conversation anchors on your buyer or customer three times. 
starts with why your buyer's talking to you, buyer why. Middle is buyer personalization. I'm only going to talk about the elements of my product and I'm going to share stories so it's personalized to them. And I'm going to end with buyer actions. And he sold to new and expansion customers. It's just as effective with either because in our expansion accounts, we always go got to go back to why did they start working with us and how do we get more of that good stuff? Getting them to articulate their why for starting and then continuing. Fantastic. So question for you as I throw it Please. out, this is Joe. Um, the buyer's why. And you may be coming up to this and I'm just jumping ahead because I'm annoying like that. But is, is there a perfect way or a recommended way to say this is how we get to the why or the real why? Right. Because we used to be, hey, let's make them feel the pain. And if we're trying to make them feel the pain, the answer is I got to get you to identify your pain to me. Right. But I think the why would be a more positive <laughs> and enlightening thing for me to run with instead of saying, let me let me hurt you and then help you up. hundred yes. percent. And so let's think about I mean, pain is is actually helpful. Yeah. So let's think about three levels of discovery to your point, Joe. And then we'll continue in the back half. And how did Samir make these adjustments tactically? And we'll, we'll talk about that. But think about a lot of discovery. And you guys know it is we call it shallow discovery. Hey, tell me what you're working on. What keeps you up at night? And, and that's all nice and setting. But but usually if you can start with, hey, what is your what keeps you up at night? What's your current priority? What are you being held accountable for right now? So what are they what's their goal? And then the pain is, okay, around that. So with Samir, I'm being held accountable for line up times and maintenance. Okay, well, what's, what are you wor working on there? What have you tried? What's working? What's not working? Where do you have any challenges or gaps around that? So what are they working on? What's keeping them from being more successful? Gap questions, we call it. And you probably know gap selling. Um, it's a pretty famous book is all around. The pain is in the gap. Correct. It's what's keeping me from moving to where I want to be my ideal state. But to your point, Joe, is that can feel like badgering, right? Is like, that's great. I'll ask a few questions, but now I'm in pain. And then what you right. want to do is the third level of questions is, and if we could solve that together, how, what would be your ideal outcome in 90 days in 180 days. If we had a chance to work together, what would success look like to you? A guy question is what would get you to do the touchdown dance? What kind of outcome would get you to do the touchdown dance? A more of a, of a girl question is, Hey, if I could make wave a magic wand and you could imagine six months from now, what would it look like? Right? So you're, the th after you get them in their pain, it's like, okay, let's imagine a more successful future together. And there's lots of ways to ask that. I just riff five, but you should have two success questions or impact questions, which is helping. You're talking about something. Okay. Now, Mr. Or Mrs. Buyer, just tell me, you know, around that, what would get you really excited? How are you measured? How is your boss measuring you? What would be a good outcome? So they paint the picture of a more successful future that you are helping them to see. 
Oh, I like that. And I'm thinking, Tyler, you could really use that one going forward, right? As far as painting the picture of what's the end result and getting him doing it. So yeah. Debbie put out there a genuine conversation of communicating how you both can achieve an ideal outcome. Awesome right? summary, Jimmy, Debbie. Yeah. It's an ideal outcome for both because if we anchor on a top priority for them, guess what? We're a hero to them. And guess what? Absolutely. Now we have expansion is coming after whatever period of time. So great, great question, Joe. And you guys are willing to, I can see the questions pop up. I'm just going to shift in our last 10 minutes to, um, you know, I ask questions, just what does it feel like as you start to do this more? How will you know? Okay. And I asked Samir that question. I was like, okay, so you were doing it. So you're doing it the old way, just product checklist for four years. And then you practice this over time. Um, what did it feel like? What felt different? How did you know you were getting better? Um, and he said, you know, first I started to do it on my own and then I started to do it with my peers. And that was really helpful, the kind of peer practice. So uh, Margo and Joe and Tyler, just, hey, do you have the success statement? Do you have that more ideal future? Just thinking about your deals that way. So work with your peers. But what he really said is the biggest change is I started to think about the purpose of every single buyer and customer meeting differently. Before, I thought the point was to share as much product as possible and see if anything stuck. And now he said, I thought the whole purpose was to get to a success statement. I wanted to hear in two or three sentences why they were interested in working with me, what that more successful future was. And he said, once I real, and I said, you know, that, that seems like a really big shift. And he was like, no, it's a really simple shift. You just have to realize that until you have a success statement, your product does not matter, period. Boom. Boom. Right. Think about that. They're not telling you something you can work on together. You're just pitching at them. Right. And that's the quickest way of failure and, uh, and waving as you go out the door. Yeah. Yes. Their eyes are going to glaze over right at some point. So that was the first thing he said. And then the second thing I said, OK, that's great. So that at the beginning, you wanted to get to that. And, he, and what he said is and then I started to look at all the way I interacted with my customers differently, I would start to, I wanted to be able to end that first call with at least an idea of what they were working on and what could they could make more successful. So I could recap it at the end of the first call. I heard you say that, you know, this is what you got out of the call. Did I hear that right? And he said, and I, I wanted to see that in my follow-up emails that I could in two or three sentences, just give some notion of what I thought they were working on, what we might talk about in the next conversation, deepen that. I wanted to see it in my sales decks. Just insert a simple slide, discovery to date. What have I learned so far about what you care about before I go into all our great achievements and all our great logos and all our great product? Let's make it all about you. First slide, here's our agenda. First thing I want to cover is this is what I've heard so far. Probably new people join, right? So right. you got to bring them into the conversation of why are we talking? And probably things change because they do. If you haven't talked for a while, are these still your top priorities? So he just said that focus on buyer success changed the way he thought about all his buyer interactions. I said, great. 
what was, um, you know, what, what else shifted? So that was the beginning of the conversation. What else shifted? And he said, well, if I'm being honest, I used to be, a re- I used to give really generic product discussions. You know, it was the same thing every time I like knew how to talk about every product and it was the same for every customer. It didn't matter if they were a plant manager or a maintenance manager, or if they were an energy company or a biopharma company. And he said, so what I, what I found is I started to talk about my product really differently. I spend a couple of minutes talking and then I'd stop. And I just say, you know, connected back to your goal. Is there anything that I talked about that you see helping with that goal? So he's looking for fit. You got a goal. I got a product Do we have fit. And he said in those I, what I learned is I would start, you know, I, I would, where I'd get a point of fit, I'd then talk about a peer story. You know, so with the check-ins, sorry to cut you off, Brent, but with Please. the check-ins that he's doing, right, calling them back in. So they're making the decision while they're talking with them to actually continue the engagement. Because too often, what do we do? We get in, we open up the slide deck and just run right through the slide deck and they've already checked out after three minutes because they weren't they weren't engaged to begin with. And then you do your whole time and you're done. But if you could stop. And again, if I said, so, Brent, right, can you see how this would help you to right, expand your your social media reach, your business, your right, the profitability? And if you look and say no, then I need to stop. Let's all cut bait at that point and say, okay, so then what did I miss? And I go back to the, what is the buyer's why? Because evidently I missed something in the why. And I'm already going to attempt the buyer personalization, but I'm going down the wrong road. And so- Yeah, you, you nailed two things, two things, Joe. One is we talk about, think in terms of mini presentations, right? Don't, you don't, you don't have a product pitch anymore. You have- you know, mini presentations where you're stopping to get feedback because what that feedback they tell you is that's when you know whether there's fit or not. And the sooner you figure that out, the better. But one other thing, and, you know, you guys may not do this, but I'm on a lot of software demos where you the either the sales or the technical salesperson will stop and say, any questions, right. which there's always a deafening silence. Correct. They'll say I'm not comfortable enough to say, hi, I didn't get it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or they'll say, isn't that neat? It's oh, like, really? yeah. <laughs> isn't that neat? Or, you know, there's a range of others that aren't really valuable. But what you said is, hey, I would just be curious what I just showed you. Would that align to the goal we talked about? Would that meet with the buyer? Why? Or do you can you think of a place you would apply that in your right. organization? Or what's the first place if they're leaning in? What's the first place you would apply that? What's the first gap or pain it would solve for you? So you're just inviting them to tell you where they're seeing value with just a little bit more targeted questioning. No, I like it. I like it. And and then he, you know, so he said, uh, and then the last thing he said is, look, I just realized that uh, previously I always thought it was my sales process and I had to take all the actions and I drive it through. And he, what he realized is, the more he focused on the buyer's success was I had to save time at the end for them to tell me if they actually saw, uh, you know, the alignment. 
and I wanted to figure out what they, it had to be a mutual process. I was going to tell them what action I take, but I'd want to know what actions they were going to take. Cause if they weren't committed to taking actions, then they were just being nice. And really right. there wasn't anything I hit on that they cared about. So really for Samir, I mean, it, and it's one of hundreds of sellers I've worked with at, at this point. And I, the ones that commit to this three part buyer, why buyer personalization, buyer action, it is uh, it will shift your success. It That's will shift amazing. Your success. And, and again, how many demos, how many product slides, how many things have we done just for the sake of doing it? Because we never stopped to include the prospect and we say, okay, so like, like Tyler, if you go put out, here's the list of what you could get on benefits, but you don't know what their desire is. Right. And you're like, I hope you yeah. pick one of the benefits that is on this page. That I had, it actually uh, makes sense to you. Yeah. I, I was showing somebody a, a policy that had like all these riders and it was just part of the policy. And she told me, she was like, no, I don't, I don't need all that. I just want the death benefit. And I was like, no, it comes with it. She equated it to cost. And I was trying to push it as value when I, and as soon as I got off that phone, I said, I will never do that again. Cause I was just deciding for her. Uh, and this was whatever I, you know, this was maybe like a month ago or so. Um, whenever I first started doing this full time and I just decided I'm not, I, I cannot let myself do that again. You know, it's got to be on their terms, not mine. Love it. Right. But now, so question for you, Brent. So when we get down to the, the, the end of it, so right, I start off with it. We, we get the why, we start doing the personalization. One of the things you said was bring in a peer story. Yep. Bring in somebody else that you've experienced success with and to go through. So my question is, is it okay to borrow the success of somebody else if I'm new? hundred percent, hundred percent. It's a great question, Joe. We say teams look, and you guys may do storytelling sessions. If you don't start them on a right. weekly or bi-weekly basis, it's just stories from the field. And ideally somebody from marketing is just writing them down. Uh, you want just want to build a little bit of tribal knowledge because th to your point, Joe, the new people, they don't have their own stories. So they need to borrow from the existing stories. And we see an onboarding best practice for sales teams members. You don't start with a product. You start with the stories. True. Because the stories are where everything comes alive. So one of the things too, that I like to explain to people, because again, if I'm going to go out cold outreach or go do something with that, like think about it. If you're brand new person, you're sharing stories about what happened, right? But what if we shared testimonials with our new people so the belief can jump up higher, faster, and, and be sent across to them? Because I, I teach people, look, if you're going to go out cold calling, if you're going to go out and get that rejection of somebody who doesn't know you that you're trying to get them to know you, you should read three to five testimonials before you ever pick up the phone. And if you read that, your energy changes and now you're going out to make a difference to somebody because you have the reminder right here that says, so-and-so is so happy with me. So-and-so has this. This person said, I, I, I referred my whole 
the whole company over to this and to go through, but those will shift your brain into the right servitude of getting to that point. And I think it works perfect with where you're going because I'm trying to talk to this person. Now I'm going to talk to him. What, what is the why, where is it that you're going with it? And then how do I make my stuff achieve that goal? And then can you see that this will be a work? So question for you on the, when Samir got to that, because literally the whole time I was like, is Samir real? Is Samir? That's how my brain worked. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I figured, yes, he's he's real. When you said he's one of the hundreds you work with. So if I look at that and I get to that point, the buyer's action, okay? Are we asking them what actions they're taking or are we suggesting this would be the next appropriate course of action and do they agree? It can go either way. Okay. If they don't know, look, we not only know what problems we solve, right? We're experts on that, but we also know how to buy our product a heck of a lot better than they do. Yeah, absolutely. They're doing this once a year, once a quarter, and we do it all day long, every day, multiple times. So it's a great instinct, Joe, that um, we sometimes might want, you know, typically when we get this point, I heard you say, this is how we might work together. Typically for us, you know, at this point, we want to bring in, uh, your, your boss to build a business case. We want to bring in IT to kind of make sure that the technical integration is there. So I think we always say, when you think about your sales stages, mm-hmm. you know, any pipeline is connect every stage to a couple of buyer asks, things we would ask, need them to do to get to the next level of maturity and then just turn them into questions. No, I like that. You know, who, who else you most basic one is who else do you think should come into the next conversation and, and why? Right. People are often really hesitant to ask about funding, but a simple way to ask about funding is, you know, how are similar things like this funded? Right. What kind right. of what part of the organization do they come out of? So you're just more like relating it to the story. You're not saying do you have budget. Right. And say, do, is there a procurement process? Is there the three bid rule? Is there I, whatever it is I'm coming in? What What is ahead of me? And then yeah. that will help you to build out everything that you need to. So, again, we've done it before. We've done the let me throw everything at my prospect and then get nothing from it. And I think it'd be better to do multiple shorter meetings with again, because what, what is our biggest goal? So if I'm going to go sit in and, and Brent's the my first contact at that company, I need him as an ally to go talk to Margo and Tyler when we have the next meeting. Because if he's not and he's going to go, oh, yeah, um, Joe wants to meet with you guys. But, you know, I don't know if the product's going to work at all or not. Right. Think about it. Tyler is as spouses. Right. Margo, you're going to go in there and ask these people to change what they've been doing for years that whether it was smooth or not, has been working. And so you got to go in. And so I I did a meeting yesterday where I was talking to somebody. I'm like, you need to explain a huge benefit for anyone to change from what they're currently doing. And if you don't have that, because you never bothered to get the why that Brent put out there, if I don't have the why, how am I going to be able to dehorse somebody else that's doing it, even if they do it poorly, because that's the devil they know. And so yep. this your your process is brilliant 
Brent, but you knew that because you know <laughs> you, got all, you got those three letters be you know with your name. So <laughs> I mean two two quick things that just um tie into that. I mean you you should like you you know you all know what the number one reason we lose in sales is ourselves do nothing right <laughs> ourselves do nothing i mean that's the no decision they're not going to do anything different because buying is painful you got to do something different and then you got to pay for the pleasure of doing that right. so we all know how well gym memberships work out right January, what's it look like in February, right? Yeah, wide so open. Point, Joe, you got to get something they care about. You got to get them to articulate something they care about a lot to build the energy. And the other point related to something you said, Tyler, just alluded to, I always say, I mean, I hate the idea of the closer, the closer, the closer and selling because we can't close anything. All we can do is guide our buyers to buy. We can guide them to take the right next step to see if they're willing to buy. But if you try and close people, they just like say, thanks, no thanks. Right. Agreed. And again, this will help you more with the abundance of yes questions you treat, keep trying to get from people. And then they get defensive because they keep hearing themselves say yes over and over again. Mm. Right. So we got to make this is this is going to get you out of that. I need to collect the yeses. So then I can ask them for the clothes and they're so trained to say, yes, they're going to say it. Right. Which doesn't work, but you know, people still teach it. So, but no, that makes perfect sense. So any questions from anybody on the screen? Cause Brent has poured into us a lot. Right. And uh, I did put the link for his book. It's on the uh, Amazon. We've all heard of that. Yes, and you can go out there and get it. I would highly suggest it. I've already bought it already before we got started. Appreciate so, that. yes, absolutely. So, Tyler, Margo, any questions you want to direct it at Brent? The success statement. I want to talk about that. How do you build on that success statement? How do you create a solid success statement? Yeah, we we say you know just think about no more than two to three sentences. And really, I, we always say, you know, just start with, I heard you say, like build that habit of, I heard you say, or my understanding is. So you're literally saying it's gotta be what they said. Cause you wouldn't write it if you didn't hear them say it. And you'll start to say, okay, can I recap? My understanding is, and then the beginning of it is something they're working on. So back to Samir, my understanding is, you know, you need to reduce uh, plant downtimes, right? Line downtimes. Um, and then if you can put those that gap in there. So you have a goal and there's something that's keeping you, but your pump keeps failing and you don't trust, you know, you don't have a mechanic that's reliable for that. So it's, I heard you say you're working on this and have this challenge. That's kind of the basics. I mean, the bonus range is, and, and often you almost never do this on a first call, but if you can get that, then it's in the next call. Okay. And what would it be worth to solve that? You know, how many, if we got you the right pump and it was um, being monitored in a consistent way, so you had less downtimes, how many incidents could you avoid? And what each, each of those worth? So the first is just what are they working on and what's keeping them from going? And, you know, what would be the better future? And then we try and quantify it. 
Got it. So to my understanding, you have to be really an active listener and be very present. Take these notes so that you can tie back those statements to their needs and align with their goals. Thank you. Yep. L yeah. Ask for understanding, right? Not we often ask because we have something we want to say and we're just trying to tee it up. Well, number one, I was uh, planning on this one. I just wanted to watch and then rewatch, and I wasn't going to take any notes, but I just couldn't help it. <laughs> I ended up going a couple pages of notes, number one. Uh, but number two, whenever I'm doing a one-call close, I'll still do the kind of mini presentations, right? Just kind of nice. work my way through it, make sure they're with me. I have a problem if they're just not with me, of still not giving up on it. I don't know. Like, is there ever a time where you're just like, all right, this is just not going to work out. See you later. Yeah, all, all the time, Tyler, because what is our most precious commodity is sellers. Time. Our time. <laughs> it's the only thing we can control for. So, you know, our rule of thumb is you, you try and a, you try and get a, a scheduled follow-up. If they won't give you a scheduled follow-up, that's already a little bit of a flag. Okay will then you know encourage two follow-ups before you kind of put it in a remarket bucket and probably go back to them in 60 or 90 days but you we usually say okay go follow up with them twice because people are busy and just you re-forward it you send them the follow-up you send it one more time put a pin in it put a calendar you know, invitation for yourself 90 days out just to come back and say hey we had a great conversation I'm sure you got busy is now a better time to engage on X that we talked about. But I think we encourage rigorously qualifying out if they're not committing to follow up actions because, you know, there's so much drift in our pipeline uh, if we don't have a follow up action. Okay. Well, well, also, if I heard you say this, Brent, see what I did there? I just put it right back to Brent's way, right? What I heard you say, though, is the basis point of the mini presentations and the check-in is to determine, do I keep going? So I'm thinking, Tyler, as you got to the point where you're like, they're disconnected, I, my first thing that came to my head was, what was the buyer's why? And did you miss it? Or did you not drill down enough in the buyer's why? And then I look and say, or the personalization of what you have going for them, they can't see how it connects. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're getting to the end going, I'm just going to barrel through and keep going. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it never works. And the yeah. people that are really vague with me that are really not giving too much. I mean, cause we're, we're calling, I mean, really, I feel like everything I'm doing is just a, a timing thing, you know, like I'm calling somebody at the right time and they're able to listen or willing 30, 40 minutes on the phone to finish everything. Um, and then just the people that are really vague, like those are the ones I struggle with, which I mean, uh, you know, the why is, is, is everything for me. Let, let me just give a, a tip or, or a thought, Tyler, and you may do this and for your audience. Um, and you guys probably know the, um, is it Sandler or Richardson, the upfront contract? The idea that you just start with a simple agenda uh, like, what, why are we here today? So, hey, you know, thanks for your time. You know, here's what I had outlined for today. Um, I, I want to just give a quick overview on us because I asked for the meeting, but I want to spend most of your time on X and Y that are common problems we solve for. And then my goal today is to 
you know, see if, if you see a fit and how we can help advance in that goal. And then we'll agree on the right next steps. So you just kind of, whatever your agenda is, but you're saying at the outset, our goal is to get the fit. Um, and one of the things we encourage before you even go into that is just to say, Tyler, you know, so thanks so much for this call today. I want to give you an agenda, what I was hoping to cover, but before I do that, I would love to know if there was, you know, something specific you showed up for today, or was there one thing you were hoping to get out of the call today? We literally start with asking them, why, why are we here? And similarly, you do your agenda and they say, Hey, just show me the product. And we say, or just tell me about the product or just sell me a sell sheet. And we say, the simplest thing to say is, Hey, there's dozens of things I could show you. If you, if I could just ask two or three questions, then we can spend our time together. Well, okay. So don't let them off the hook. It's their meeting, right? You're there to serve them to Joe's point. And if they don't have a why, then, um, you know, it's probably not a great use of your time, Tyler. I mean, I, I tell a story about a company I did some consulting with and I will join some of their calls um, with like particularly strategic calls. And I remember we had a meeting with a provost of an online university that will stay nameless. Awesome call. She was kind of ready to close. And then she said, I want you to talk to my team. And she got sick and she couldn't show up. And so we did the call with the team and the team was in their tip, you know, kind of heads down. No, we don't want anybody in our business mode. And so literally after 15 minutes, I said, doesn't sound like there's anything we can work on you with, with you on. So why don't we just buy back the rest of the 45 minutes and we'll all go about our day. And I sent a follow-up email to the team CCing the provost. She nice. emailed back within two minutes and said, no, we really do want to buy it. No, but I'm not fantastic. going to spend 45 minutes of my time with people that aren't going to give me a reason to talk to them. It's a waste of everybody's time. Agreed. Agreed. And I, and I can see how that alone, just the posturing made it even more obvious that it's the right company to go work with. Because to yeah. me, what is that? What does that mean? It means you're not going to just show up. And when it comes to working on us, we're not going to have to chase you. We're not going to have to go after you to say this because you've given me the example of, right. I'll help if you want help. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that's the, uh, that's the parting shot. You both have said it. I think just thinking in our mind, right. And this is why we say anchor on your buyer or customer three times in every meeting. And really Joe, to your point, it's more like uh, three phases and you might do it three times in the product discussion where you just stop. And say, you know, where are you where are you seeing value in this? Going to solve that problem? Where would you use it? And then you show a little bit more product. Same questions, right? So you yeah. might anchor on your buyer or customer five times, but it's just you're trying to get them to tell you why they want to work with you. Right. I call them touch points, right? Touch you got to make sure you got to make sure that there's touch points built in throughout, so that you know, for anything, clarity alone. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's what I look at. No, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Brent, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to tell everybody bounce over to Winalytics and go read more about Brent. And there's a link on his page to get the book as well. And in every one of the social media platforms, there is a link that says here you can go get the book. But I want you to go out because you need to go sell something. And what Brent just gave us today is, is enough to say this will help you to get to that next point 
of selling something. So if he can give you in 40 minutes enough to walk away and say, here, this is what you got to do. Imagine by the time you got through the book, right? What exactly you could do. Yeah. Believe. Joe, Margo, Tyler, great to spend some time. Audience, thank you for your participation. Really enjoyed the conversation today. Thanks a lot, Brent. Appreciate you. Everybody else, get out there and go sell something. Thanks, Joe. Bye, Carl. (laughs) Peace. See ya.